Hey, it's Amanda. Welcome to a Fresh Air Inspired Life. And don't worry, you actually have a real guest today. He's very interesting um, and fun. Before we get started, I did want to make a tribute to someone really beloved in the Keweenaw. Uh, Mr. John D. He's our local meteorologist. And he lived in the Keweenaw for almost 25 years and has been a professional meteorologist for decades. He loved the snow. He loved the winter. I was hoping to interview him this winter because he's so interesting, has such a great heart, and is so knowledgeable about the snow. Um, but unfortunately, he passed away just a couple weeks ago pretty unexpectedly. Um, I don't know, you know, the news hit me pretty hard. I, he wasn't, he was young. I mean, 57, he was going in to be assessed for a heart transplant, I guess. So, I mean, I just read the obituary to get some of that information. If you would like any more, you can also do the same thing. Um, he, he left behind his dear wife and his sweet daughter I had met all three of them before at the Bear Belly uh, Bar and Grill down there in Lac La Belle when I worked there I'd seen John and his family around a few winters actually and I remember one time when I was working he came in and from a snowmobile ride uh, with a group he did a lot of those also, but he, he bought my first book. He bought Little Slices of the Harbor, and I signed it to him, and I was like, oh, my God, John D., he bought my book. I was really, you know, stoked. I mean, he's he's a local celeb, and he's really going to be missed if there was ever a snowstorm arriving or expected to arrive. You just go to John's website and see what he thought about it because – not many people could get it right. He was really well-versed in snow. He loved the snow, even just watching it since he was a little kid. And like I said, he had a great heart and just a wonderful guy. So we won't get to hear his voice on this podcast, unfortunately. But he does. Uh, he has been on many other news channels in his life uh, so maybe you can catch him somewhere else but just wanted to put a shout out there to John D and let you know the news from one of our local weather heroes thanks for listening and now on to the show well it's been about two and a half years so I have a few of them that's a lot of late nights um, usually I'm up until the sunrise. So wow. I think my favorite part of it is reading while I'm doing it because there's not a whole lot else to do in the middle of the night. <laughs> so, so I sit and read for hours and I get to learn about uh, the cosmos. And for me, that's, that's, the, that's my favorite part of it. Bum, 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 Thank you, thank you, and welcome to A Fresh Air Inspired Life. 
I'm your host, Amanda Wise, and today's guest has been a resident of the harbor for three and a half years. He was one of those lucky kids who came up to explore as a child, and now he is the supervisor for Grant Township, which encompasses Lock La Belle, Copper Harbor, and outlying areas. He also takes long exposure photographs of objects in deep space, which is very intriguing. So please welcome Scott Okanicki. Hi, Scott. Thank you, Amanda. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your first experiences in the Keweenaw as a kid. Yeah, so my mom's side of the family is from uh, Keweenaw. I would actually be fifth generation here in, in Keweenaw Peninsula. Uh, originally oh. from Isle Royal, uh, my great-grandmother Lucy Johnson had the uh, Johnson family fishing business at Chippewa Harbor and Isle Royal. Whoa. So that was actually, I have the family tree in history going back to roughly 1870s on that. Wow. So my great-grandmother would have been um, second generation and my grandmother grew up on Isle Royal and went to the Isle Royal schoolhouse. Wow, that is <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, the only five students in the Isle Royal schoolhouse in the mid-1930s during the Great Depression era was my grandmother and uh, siblings. So, wow, <laughs> that's way cool. I so, had no idea about that. Yeah. So we, en we ended up in the Copper Harbor area um, when Nash, you know, uh, Isle Royal became the national park in 1940, and mm. we were forced off the island, and this is mm. where my grandparents decided to decided to move. She had just met a guy through ham radio, so <laughs> my grandmother uh, met uh, my grandfather through ham radio. She actually operated a amateur army uh, radio station for the U.S. Army uh, when she was 16 years old. Wow. So uh, while she was on Isle Royal. Wow, very cool. And then you would come up as a kid with your mom, right? Yep, yep. So for my mom, it was going home. And it felt mm. like that, you know, she would say it every time we would mm. arrive here. And so when we were growing up as kids, it just felt like we were returning home because she would say it every single time we get Aww. here. So And it did. It, it, it was literally in my blood, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So what drew you back here to live? I've always wanted to live here. Um, it, I, when I was a little younger, I was a small business owner with a lot of uh, employees, and I couldn't make the move. Mm. But then once the high-speed Internet came in up here, then that mm. made it more realistic for me to do it. And it took me a little while to uh, make the necessary life changes in order to make it possible, but, uh, but eventually I was able to do it. So uh, finding a place to live is probably the toughest part. Oh, yeah. So. As everyone knows probably way too well. Yep. Anyone who's actually trying, I guess I should say. Yep. Yeah. So how did you get involved in the deep space observation? That also is something I've always wanted to do, but trying to do that in the middle of the city isn't uh, mm. practical. <laughs> sure. And out here you can actually see the stars. And mm -hmm. so it does make it a little bit uh, more possible. And so, um, so yeah, I, w I was able to make a, you know, make the investment into the necessary technology in order to do it and just taught myself how to do it. And it's been very fun learning how to do it. So. Wow, awesome. So when you say necessary technology, you're not using an iPhone. What is your camera like? Yeah, so the, it's a, Stellina is the name of the observation station, and it's kind of a new kind of telescope. It's both a telescope and a camera mm -hmm. and smart technology all built uh, into one system. 
So in practice, it functions more like a camera, but it's considered a telescope because it has the magnification that necessary to reach outer space. So yeah. I can image things as close or as far away, I should say, as 60 million light years away. 60 million light yeah. years? Yeah. Wow. Pretty so far out. Yeah, far <laughs> out, man. So when you were talking about like you get the chance to read while you're taking these pictures, mm -hmm. so what is happening with your camera during this time? So it will automatically track because the star, the position of the stars changes over the course of the night. Mm -hmm. It moves across the entire night sky, and that's mm -hmm. because of the Earth is rotating. Mm -hmm. So it will automatically track and follow the movement of the stars across the night sky, and it will take oh, wow. it'll take the same image repeatedly throughout that duration of time. So it, it takes approximately a 10-second exposure, although you can actually adjust that. And it will keep layering those on top of one another for as, as long as it can actually see it in the sky. So if a cloud were to pass in front of it or something mm -hmm. like that, it would it would stop and I would start on something different. So. Wow, so you're getting like 10 second spo exposures for hours. Yeah, I think my longest session is probably eight and a half hours. Wow. So in the summertime, the night isn't even that long. So. No, it's not. <laughs> you don't have much time. Oh, and then in the fall and the winter, you don't get to really see very far. And that's the thing with the winter time. It would be ideal in the sense that the nighttime is longer, mm -hmm. but it's almost cloudy all the time. Yes. So then what's your peak time of year? When do you find it's best or easiest to get these shots? I'd say the fall. Um, oh, okay. September and October are probably the best. Oh, so have um, you gotten any good ones recently? I have. I think the last one that I actually posted on online was the Eagle Nebula. Um, oh. That one turned out really nice. Yeah, I think uh, I saw that one. Yep. Cool. Very cool. So for our listener has who hasn't maybe seen any photographs of these yet, how would you describe what you see when you look at the photograph? Yeah, boy, they're... I think the nebulas are the most interesting to look at. Mm -hmm. um, I try to take a variety of pictures. I can do images of the sun and the moon and uh, galaxies. I have yet to get a good comet picture, uh, mm. but that's one that's one I'm still working on. I think the nebulas are are probably the best so far. But when I when I see them, I just it makes me wonder what else is out there. And clearly, there must be life out there. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind oh. to me. And so. Um, it's fun to think about. There's yeah. For 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 how much we do know about the cosmos, we know even less than that. You know, there, there's just so much to learn about it. So, if you thought you found life out there, would you keep it to yourself, or do you think you would tell people? I would tell people. Oh, you would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After a while, when you, when you thought maybe, okay, I think this is actually a real thing now. Okay. The only moving objects I've seen so far are noctilucid clouds, which are which are located in our mesosphere, and I've also seen satellites pass by, and I've seen meteors pass by. But outside oh, of that, okay. I haven't seen any cool spaceships or anything. Oh, interesting! Wow, that's that's really cool. Um, so you operate under a business name, Copper Harbor Observatory. Do you want to just tell us anything about that? Sure. It's kind of in the early stages of uh, IT services business. There, there really aren't that many technology companies around. Uh, Keweenaw Peninsula um, is, you got to backtrack down towards Houghton Hancock mm -hmm. before you really have any technology services businesses. So I think that I think that there's, uh, it seems as if there's a demand for it. People ask me about it a lot. 
So it's kind of in the early stages of a local technology business. Oh, cool. Yeah, that is that is a great idea up here. So you're using kind of what you know, um, maybe from doing some of this photography and maybe from your other job. Yeah, uh, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, when I, when I was younger, I actually had, I got off to a very early start in business. I was actually still in high school when I started. And um, I was working on my business full time. I built a, a high tech uh, company that I sold in 2002. So wow. be over 21 years ago. Then I built my next high tech business after that. And I sold that one in 2008. But I've always been on the forefront of technology. And that's something I've always, uh, um, you know, uh, I've always worked on, you know, you know, through my business. So I have over 30 years experience in high tech industries. So. Wow, that's impressive. Especially for, you know, that the end of the earth here. So yeah. That is kind of <laughs> yep. cool. Because I know when pretty much any of us up here get in a bind, we're like, oh, my God, I don't even know. We just, we just want to throw our computer, right? Yep. But nope, call Scott and at I Copper think, Harbor Observatory. And I think a lot of people <laughs> like that there's very little technology mm-hmm. up here as well, you know, so that's that's another part of it. it I would agree, yes. Um, you know, maybe except for me, which I'm trying to also run my own business which involves a lot of technology, but it's all good. True. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so how can someone learn more about this or check out some of your photographs? Yeah, I do um, I do post a few on my Facebook page. I'm actually, over the course of the wintertime, I'm finally getting caught up on going through uh, some of my telescope data. I have ah. about two and a half years of telescope data, wow. and it's close to a million images now at this point. Oh, my and gosh. And I, um, I remember one photo session the four-hour photo session of the sun, I ended up with uh, about 13,000 images of the sun and in, in, in a matter of four hours. Uh, so, wow. so I'm still going through some of the telescope data, and by the end of the winter, I hope to, um, I hope to have uh, like a slideshow. Uh, and I, I already bought some licensing for some uh, sci-fi music from a, from oh, wow. a, from a uh, musician uh, composer out of uh, London, actually. So, cool. Um, award-winning. Uh, sci-fi uh, music composer so it'll be fun to put all that together I, I made a sample uh, video kind of a promo video because I'd like to build an observatory at some point so a, a, a serious observatory an actual installation so yeah so that was one of my next questions is what what's kind of like your future plan I mean you have all these photographs with the cool music like what do you want to see happen yeah so certainly I, I would offer prints you know, mm. locally because of the, you know, we have a number of gift shops uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Copper Harbor. Uh, certainly I would do that. But I think for me, mostly it'll be offering them to the 10 billion people that we have in the world. You mm. know, so I would be uh, converting some of them into holograms and three-dimensional. Whoa. So the idea would be to basically give away the JPEG low-resolution images and then monetize the more complex stuff where okay. somebody would actually have to a programmer would have to convert it into a hologram or something like that. But ultimately, I want to get to a place where um, I have an app, and then people can download the images, you know, in holograms. And let's suppose you had a, you wanted to project to the, the stars on your kid's bedroom or something to this oh effect. Oh my gosh! And that's ultimately where I want to go with that. Wow! As far as the permanent installation of a, of an observatory, NASA does have grants, and so does the mm. National Science Foundation. Um, they have grants available for startup observatory businesses, and they um, the data itself that it collects because you know that that data 
is valuable to universities, other astronomers, uh, the intelligence community, NASA, mm -hmm. European Space Agency. You know, they want eyes from every corner of the oh, Earth. Sure. And so, you know, they want to see what's going on in, in outer space so they can detect, you know, near-Earth objects and other types of things that might come close to, close to Earth. So, um, so they have grant programs available for that. And I have, I have looked at them, but I just haven't applied for a grant yet. Sure. Maybe that's maybe that's coming someday soon. Yeah, I can someday. see it. I can see you it. Got in my your hands eyes. full at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> you do. We're gonna talk about some of that next. Sure. Um, you are currently the township supervisor. Yeah. Uh, what takes up most of your time with that position? Yeah. Um, just working with people. Um, mm. You know, a lot of it is listening. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is working with the other township uh, uh, board members, uh, the maintenance staff. Um, the, the office workers, uh, fire departments, and, um, and people, you know, there's yeah. the, the residents. And I, I try to be as communicative as possible, and I think people have seen that, so it just opens up the floodgates for even more. Yeah, <laughs> so, I suppose. Oh, so, we can talk to Scott about yeah. that. Let's go talk to Scott. Oh, so, wow. Which I don't mind. I, I enjoy it. So, oh, good. You know, yeah, so what, what other parts of the job do you really like? You know, I, I'm always interested in learning new things, mm -hmm. and um, local government is not something that I had ever done in the past. Mm -hmm. I've, I have always been uh, business-oriented when I was younger, and I, I also never uh, went to, you know, to join the military, so I don't have any public service of any kind. Mm -hmm. So the way I think of it is I'm one of those folks that thinks that everybody should have some sort of public, public mm -hmm. service experience in their life. And so I, I see it. That's the way I think of it. Um, so it's just a way for me to, you know, I, I have other things that I'd like to do, but everybody should do it. And it just, there was a need for it. Mm -hmm. And so I just, well, now's my time, you know. Sure, so. <laughs> cool. And do you uh, think you would run again in 2024? I could be open-minded to yeah. it. I was kind of hoping I could like wait till the last minute to decide. But oh. I don't know. <laughs> sure. I don't know how long that, how realistic that would be, but oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded to it. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. And I'm curious. Um, so being in a political position in a small community, do you think that changes how you feel as a citizen or how you interact with other community members? Yeah, it's it is really it's been really interesting. Hmm. The the most interesting and surprising part for me is how how much time it really takes to do the job and and hmm. to do it well. If a person wants to do it well, then it takes a long time. Hmm. You know, and that was probably the the thing that surprised me the most. Um, I oftentimes hear that. Um, you know, well, it's a part-time job, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, boy, I, I don't know about that. Oh. I, I wouldn't agree with that. It's, oh, okay. It, but, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, learning how all the local government stuff works uh, is, has been really interesting. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I enjoy working with uh, other local government, uh, you know, townships and, and things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's is different than I thought it would be. Mm, yeah. Interesting. So what else do you like to do for fun up here? I read a lot and I cook a lot. Oh, nice. I go for lots of walks. Yesterday I walked from home all the way up to the second lookout for Brockway. So Whoa, that's, nice. Ooh. That's a little bit of a hike. That it's over is... two hours. Wow. Um, I go on some pretty, pretty long walks. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
So if you have any, what general advice would you like to share with our listener? Enjoy your day. It's pretty simple. And, uh, you know, it's it's Hmm. not always easy to do. You know, people have, you know, anxiety and they're stressed and they have um, busy lives. But, you know, I would say whatever it takes to enjoy your day, do that. Nice. It makes living each day enjoy life easier yeah oh nice thank you mm-hmm. yeah thanks so much for speaking with us today and thank you dear listener for listening you made it all the way through another episode of a fresh air inspired life featuring copper harbor from the inside share your favorite episode with a friend so they can get hooked too until next time take a moment to gaze deeply into the sky and be good to yourself Ba ba da ba da 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 da